up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 9.6, Repercussions, where we are covering the novel Summer Night. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Romeo. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick ass merch, behind the scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash free flow rambling. Chapter 7 Dresden leaves the council meeting and heads to Murphy's for more information. The two have a heart-to-heart conversation, and Dresden realizes Murphy is not in a good place. Murphy provides information to the rule case with the agreement that she will be included in the case if it turns out to be a murder. Dresden returns to his apartment and finds a very alive Elaine in his home. What? (laughs) Fish! So yeah, that pretty much sums it up. He's like, yeah, the rest of the meeting was pretty anticlimactic, at least yeah. for me. <laughs> like, are you gonna like, stop talking about me? So laugh. I was, I was like, can I go now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that when Dresden takes his leave and he's quite in a huff. <laughs> this blue beetle, behold the angry wizard putting away. <laughs> All the power of the ancient four cylinder can muster. <laughs> I know. Because he's like, Ebenezer's like trying to cat. And he's like, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just like, oh, over all of it. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> in his bathrobe still. In his bathrobe. Keeping it classy, Dresden. Keeping it classy. Right. So, yeah. His brain feels like something made out of stale cereal, coffee grounds, and cold pizza. Gives himself a pep talk, which I really like. Mm -hmm. Same pep talk I give myself pretty much every day. (laughs) Get over it, idiot. Yeah. And then he drives to Murphy's. I like that he gives himself pep talks like that. (laughs) Like, yeah. Everything does suck. But too bad. (laughs) Just, you can do it. You can do it. It's not this one, but I know there's one where either something very traumatic has just happened or he's giving himself one of these pep talks and he like glances over and there's some like little old lady watching him like rant in his car and he's like, ha ha. <laughs> you know? like, I just like to think most of these things, somebody's probably driving beside this guy and is be like, cause especially cause he's like, you know, I haven't showered, I haven't shaved or combed my hair. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Sitting there muttering to himself. Well, there's puts along in his At that time frame, there wouldn't be many cell phones around either. So there's like, no, that's really You'd just be talking, you talking, talking to yourself. To yourself. There's, there's no excuses yeah, exactly, here. Exactly, right. <laughs> no, yeah, no earpiece that you just don't see it's just crazy guy yeah so we get a, a once he gets to murphy's we get the sort of um butcher puts in a an si review blurb so we get our a review oh of, <laughs> of yes what si's purpose is and murphy's notes. role within this. <laughs> yeah just in case you forgot this is what si is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah most people can accept that they're gen- dealing with genuine weirdness so they usually get shuffled out but murphy hadn't she hired the gazoo mm-hmm. only professional consultant and her only professional wizard to be your consultant and stuff so yeah 
And we find out this is the first time he's been to Murphy's house, too. <laughs> so he knows where she lives and everything, which is kind of cool. Because I'm like, I don't know where most of my friends live if I haven't been to their house before. That's usually how I find out where they live. Private detective. Yeah. Uh, yeah right? <laughs> it's like it's on his paperwork somewhere. Yeah. He just, yeah, no. I mean, again, it's not like that weird, but it was just kind of funny. I was just like, oh, this is because he's like, he knows exactly where to go. He gets there and it's like, by the way, I've never been in here before. It's really cute. <laughs> it's grandma's house and she obviously hasn't changed anything except for her right. gun cleaning kit and the swords. <laughs> Well, and they find out, like, she's got this place just solidly built up. Like, she's got, like, t- t- lots of bolts and chains. Like, he-, he can hear, like, the click. Yeah, click, like the click. 15 locks being <laughs> and, and, and it's a steel-reinforced door. Like Yeah, he's like, oh, I noticed she has the same one I do. Although I doubt not as many demons have been breaking it down. <laughs> but Murphy's just like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yep. Right? Murphy's like, I can learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> I don't need them to be my own. <laughs> See, that's funny. I just saw a tweet the other day, and it was like, I've never learned from anyone else's mistakes ever. Stop telling me things. I'm like, that's a good point. <laughs> Same. I also don't care about other people's mistakes. Um, so, yeah, she's got this very sweet, very nice. And then she still doesn't. So he finally, so he's kind of surprised that she's still up. But, like, I think the light's still on or whatever. So he goes ahead and knocks on the door. So he says, he says it's not, like, it's before midnight, but it's after summertime dark, which pretty much, I mean, I don't know about Chicago, how different it is. But from here, that's, like, between 11 and midnight. There's not a big, like, like we basically get dark between, like, 10 and 11 is when, like, the last of our sunlight is fading out of the sky kind of a thing so i know chicago's a little bit more east than yeah, that, more so east, maybe so it's probably it sooner. a little darker sooner mm-hmm. but yeah point being is it's fairly late so but anyways yeah, still she, still she opens the, the door she is looking pretty rough yeah it's not his usual murphy that he's expecting she's just in a bathrobe <laughs> she's got bags under her eyes hey same outfit <laughs> <laughs> She greets him with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, hey, a (laughs) merv. So she starts by testing him by by not inviting him in. uh, Yeah. Which I was just going to say, I was like, last book, Harry was going around being like, don't invite my face in. And then he goes to Murphy. He's like, hey, Murph, can I come in? (laughs) I'm glad that Murphy's like, no, you can't. (laughs) It is. It's very, and and it's the way he does it. He's like, so can I come in? And she just goes, hmm find out in a minute won't we it's like ooh uh-huh. so You've he's been like paying attention he, yeah he's like alright props to you Murph and that's then, my girl that's my girl yeah. so now this is where he makes an interesting line and I'm wondering if it's just um cause he's like so that's what a oh, and this is again going off of cause again I have been re-listening to Marsters read it and stuff like that right so I'm like is it just his interpretation I think that's what it is it's the interpretation maybe he got but so he's like, he crosses uninvited. He mostly leaves everything behind or whatever. But he says here, he's like, um, uh, where is it? He basically is like, so that's what a threshold. Oh, he's like, um, I stepped across the threshold. Something tugged at me as I did. An intangible, invisible energy. It slowed me down a little and I had to make an effort to push through it. That's what a threshold is like. And the way Marsters read it, he's kind of like, that's what a threshold is like. And I'm like... Well, he already knows. We have described thresholds many well, times we have, before. he has, but I mean, but he, he knows. But him actually going through them, right? But I was like, well, but he went into Monica's, because that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Monica's like, you can't come in. And he's like, good. And pushes, right? So we already... So I'm thinking this is more just one of those little flips, because you're right here, just in this paragraph, the way it is, there's no particular... So I think it's more of him explaining just that's what a threshold feels mm-hmm. like. It's like, I could feel right. it tugging, I could feel it, whereas, like I say... James Marsh just gave the wrong inflection. I think he yeah. just gave the wrong inflection and stuff like that, so I just hear it, and I'm like, it's just the way he says it, and I'm like... what a threshold. And I'm like, yeah! That's like, what it is. Maybe if you've never gone through... I mean, again, most of the time, because, like, last book, when he goes, he wants... Um, Mrs. Malone to invite him in because he's mostly he's like it's polite. Yeah, and he needs his powers. And he's like, I do need my powers in this case, but also it's just generally a thing. I try not to go where I'm not one, blah blah blah. And then again, but he was making the point with like Monica and all that. I was like, no, we know at least once he specifically mm-hmm. said fuck you and went through a threshold. Yeah. So it's like, but it was just kind of funny because just like say sometimes listening to it, it just makes you go, wait, what? And then you're like, oh, and now that I'm looking at it on paper, I was like, yeah, I don't think that was really the. But yeah, it was sort of funny. I'm like, mm. so does that, goes ahead, willingly leaves all his mojo because he's not going to do anything. He's just there for some things and Murphy needs that and he discovers Murphy maybe needs a lot more mm-hmm. <laughs> than just that or why she needed that. So we know after Grave Peril that Murphy and Michael really took up the arms to go and comfort him and take care of him. That is true as but well. But it and seems that like- is a really interesting point right here too. Because you just see a little, you know, we just sort of get his wrap yeah. up at the end of it, and then now we're jumping in here. But it's like, you know what? You're right for a second there. I had forgotten that Murphy and Michael, like specifically, were like they hey, were putting in the time and effort to come and check, check on, on him, him, and they were bringing him groceries and cleaning up his place. Are and you, make- 
yeah, given him exactly. that social aspect. But it seems now a little bit of the worst Harry should have been. Well, not necessarily should have been. He was going through some shit. But Murphy cool. clearly also needed but a little bit yeah, of TLC once as well. He sort of got back on his feet to the point where they obviously didn't feel the same need to check in on him consistently. And Murphy let herself he's, fall. Yeah, he's still far enough in his own shit and whatever that, yeah, he sort of hasn't taken the time to realize that, oh, Murphy's still not doing real well and hasn't bounced back completely. She took a bit of a psychic beating and uh, that shit just a wee bit. Gets worse over time. Sometimes. Not better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that Murphy is a character because she apologizes for, for having a breakdown that she would actively hide it from Dresden. Also, there, there to maintain that too. sort oh, of professionalism. Also, there is and absolutely that, that as well. In control. Yes. Like, she just loves to keep that control. Yeah, had he been yes. here at, like, 4 p.m., probably wouldn't have seen this. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and she does. I mean, he, he, you know, she sort of says it, I think, somewhere in here, but he definitely, indescri- you know, Murphy's always had to to fight and claw her way in this boys' club of a mm-hmm. cop's profession, right? Much as there's a lot of women in that profession now, Murphy's still not taking this seriously. And again, why she's in SI, like, we know she's a badass in SI. That's a great place for her to be, and she does a kick-ass job. But as he stated... SI's demotion. SI's basically demotion. They're hoping you will just fuck up and go away. That's where they shuffle people out to either ignore you and never have to deal with you, or even better, usually get rid of you 100% completely, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the thing, right? So yeah, Murphy is like, because he says, you know, it's like, it's, you know, he always has her with the short hair and the things like this, and it's like, not necessarily her choice. Like every once in a while, he would say, you know, like she wears it shorter than she might like to. Because she doesn't want to be seen as some little girly girl. You know, I mean, like, she can't make herself taller. She can't make herself, you know, whatever. But she does these things. You know, she wears pantsuits instead of dresses. And she cuts her hair sort of shorter so she's more tomboyish rather than too feminine and girly. And, you know, doesn't wear a lot of jewelry and all this kind of stuff. Well, so, yes. It's such a duality in, in a ways. Because, like, and, and <clears throat> even just to, to the description of her house. Because her house is considered very cute. And like with doilies, which I think is pretty, pretty, pretty dated. I think the last time I've seen a doily was when I was like seven. Oh, come over. Oh, oh. <laughs> at my grandma's. Yeah. Specifically living in grandma's well, home. She just became a great grandma for the first time. So at 76, I will let her still have some doilies. <laughs> so so you've got this sort of cute and, and decorate, like very girly frou-frou yes. yeah, decorated he, he, house. Yeah. And then her, her additions are a Japanese sword. Like this very opposite. Yeah, the long and short cross swords. Yeah, yeah and, and her uh, her gun cleaning kit. Yes, and I, I think that like sort of um, reinforces this this. It does. I think sort on a, of really drastic. I think this gives it to us on a couple of levels because one, right, just what he's saying about the threshold. So I was like, that's part of it. Is that Grandma Murphy left care in her house? So oh, it's a very well established home. It's a well established. So Grandma at least raised her house, and her grandkids obviously have been around well enough for her to leave it. So who knows if it was in the family how much that. longer before? But let's give it you know a hundredish years at, at that least point. three generations though. You know right? So that's established that way, and the fact that you know we don't really know it yet, and we don't know about her extended family. But Karen is the oldest in her family, and that's so, okay. Makes sense. Grandma left it to her or whatever, right? But that's the thing is that. I see it in a couple of different ways. One, Murphy doesn't really have the time or anything. Murphy's a cop. She's young. She's busy trying. And she's like literally hanging on by her, you know, the the, the nails yeah. and her teeth and whatever to, to keep this job and do well and succeed and not let the boys club she and the assholes. She doesn't have time to redecorate a house. She doesn't have the time or interest really. And it's also to me a little bit of like, this is my grandma's. This yeah, is the house I don't want to ruin it. Like, I don't need to get rid of all of grandma's stuff yet. It's all here. It's functional, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, she obviously still just basically moved into it furnished and didn't you know and things like that and so I kind of you know to me it's on like a few levels kind of a thing of why and yeah I mean I'm sure if she really absolutely hated it Murphy was absolutely none of that she wouldn't still have things like fine maybe the furniture who wants to go out and buy a bunch of furniture if you don't have to but would she keep all the little frou-fras and knickknacks and doilies you know at least that kind of stuff right so I'm like I think it's all kind of you know it's like she is girly enough to appreciate that and I think it's a little bit of an homage like I don't want to get rid of all grandma's stuff right. this is my childhood and my stuff too and, well, and I think it's a little bit of a thematic thing because we we, are, we quite frequently hear her description as cute but fierce yes which is like okay doilies and japanese sword yeah. cute and fierce <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yep. 
We don't hear that description until a few books later, and then we all use it really consistently. But it basically boils down to that, yes. He's always describing her, yeah, exactly, as uh, like a favorite aunt or a soccer mom. or But yeah, basically exactly cute but fierce. And this is, yeah, precisely what her house is. Yep. Dare I say cute? <laughs> Not to her face, but I will to you, dear readers. Murphy's <laughs> house is cute. Behind her back, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm dead, she's dead. Somebody's dead That's if you're button. all reading this. Yeah. Yeah, right. you get, like your little button nose. Uh, so, yes, right. And then, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of this is that, yeah, Murphy would not want to show. I mean, even in this conversation, he pretends to go over and look at the swords. So, you know, she doesn't have to, he doesn't. He can pretend he doesn't know she's crying, or she can pretend that he doesn't know that she's crying, or, you know, and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, for sure she would have hit it, but you're still just a little bit of you is like, because you, I mean, he talks about himself. He's like, right at the end of Grave Peril, he's like, I had nightmares for a while, you know? So mm-hmm. it was like, well, and again, as you're hey, saying. She ended up in a coma because of her attack. Yeah, like, I was going to say, you specifically know, right? You put her in a coma because you knew that the this, nightmares were so bad. The nightmares were so bad, and what he would have, you know, in theory, what he did to her, right? What was going on, right? You're like, I'm going to knock her out so she's dreamless. And again, you know, it's like, yeah, once you started coming back to yourself, it's like, it's really kind of funny that you didn't go, hey, wait a minute, how the fuck is Murphy dealing with all of this, you know? And like, even Charity, well, Charity's got Michael and her kids and things like that. So I'm like, we know that Charity and Michael are a good couple. We know if she she's taken care of, if she needed to talk about shit, she was going to talk about shit with yeah. Michael and whatever, right? She's got her face. She can go to church. She can yeah. talk to her priest. She can do, right? She's got a good support system. She's got a good support system. Murphy and, is alone. And, yeah, and she's and, very isolated. Very yeah. Isolated. And, and Charity, again, is, is, Charity is confident enough in her masculinity, that whole sort of idea that she wouldn't be afraid. You know, she knows when to ask for well, help. Yeah. And Charity's when to identity on isn't under attack every day. Yeah, whereas yeah. Murphy's is exactly so. Yeah. yeah. And so. on top of that, like, we'll learn that, yeah, like, Murphy doesn't have the best relationship with her family either. So she's, yeah. like, she doesn't even have from that angle. Right. But I gotta say, I really, really appreciated this chapter. Like, I think this is, I think, the first opportunity that uh, Butcher has given the, the reader to really empathize with Murphy's character. Because yeah. before then, it's kind of like she's just this hard-ass cop. And it's you just see like, her at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like toeing the line. Yeah. yeah. You know, always getting mad at, at, at Dresden. But yeah, it's here, just whenever there are button lines on the yeah. job or button heads on the job when those lines cross. Yeah. yeah. It and really now, humanizes her a lot in this yeah. chapter. Like, you get this background is- history and you find out how, how vulnerable she is. Yeah, exactly. Like, you've seen bits of their friendship and you've seen almost interactions outside of work but it's still always kind of work related somehow whereas this is i mean okay, yes this is work related it's gonna turn too. it but but exactly right he's coming to her house for the first time which is also a first for him and not just mm-hmm. for us right and we're exactly we're seeing how she lives and we're seeing exactly so much more of her inner personality and and who she is and what she is as opposed to just she's a cop yeah. <laughs> you so. know it's like oh murphy has a life murphy's a person <laughs> she's a person exactly Aww. so on top of you know this being late night it being months of hard nights, we find out that today is, is especially hard for Murphy because uh, her husband, her first husband has died. Her first husband. Her ex-husband now, yeah. but her first husband has now just died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes reminiscent. I know at first I was kind of like, well, I get you kind of being upset, but I mean, no, no offense out there. I don't think I'm going to be as, I'm not going to be mourning like this when my first husband passed away. That's no my father. So yeah, thanks. yeah, no offense, Jess, but I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't think that comes as any shock to you. <laughs> Still my father. <laughs> but I, I get that, yes. He's going to die and I'm going to be like, woo, champagne, and we'll be like children. Like, well, I might uh, not do that in front of you. <laughs> but we know you'll be doing it. <laughs> it may or may not happen, but I wouldn't do that directly in front of you at the time. But no, right? Things did not yeah. end that well with us. And I understand that, yes, some people, for whatever reasons, their relationship... I, I, I have exes I am friends with. You know, whatever. Again. <laughs> but, um... But we find out that, sh- that that he left her ultimately in the end, right? So it's like, okay, I can understand then that she was the one, you know, she wasn't necessarily looking for that relationship. And she may have come to a place of acceptance at some point on why well, and she how. she was really young she when she did so it. Like, this is probably, like, her first love. Like, like right? Guaranteed. She was 17, right? Like, the- and I'm surprised that he goes that because he's like she looks really young. He's like she couldn't have been more than eighteen, and he's like eighteen, and she just shakes her head. I would have gone nineteen. <laughs> he immediately goes seventeen. Like I was like, wow, like yeah. you know. And I'm like, I get it. Again, it hasn't really been stated yet, and I'm you know whether or not you're automatically assume. But Karen Murphy is an Irish Catholic. 
and that is still important in her family and that, right? So I was like, I guess I can kind of, but again, I'm still a little bit surprised that Mama Murphy was willing to marry you off at 17, you know, because you do still need actual permission at that point. <laughs> it's like when I worked at the liquor store and it was like, must be accompanied by a parent or spouse. And I'm like, oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> Parents, I understand. If you're still a minor, you should not have a spouse to accompany you to the liquor store. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Yeah, fine. You could be 18, 19, 20 in the US and technically you're still a minor, but here it's 18. So it just seems wrong. You know, everything here is 18. So it's <laughs> yeah, like- everything is 18. Voting, drinking, gambling. So it was just like... So, yeah, so she was just a wee itty bitty baby. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so she is pretty shaken up about this because, you know, and again, and and, I mean, again, you can say a different era, but really Murphy is in around-ish my age, her and Harry for, you know, at at the start of it before the timeline gets all messed around with how long it takes to write a book and how fast (laughs) things actually happen. But, you know, I was like, everyone thought I was real young to, you know, get married and have kids. And I was like, at least we were the same age, though, right? I'm like, he's looking at the picture and he figures this guy's about a decade older. So I was like, she was 17. So this guy's like 26, 27 with his 17-year-old girlfriend. And Mama Murphy lets you get married and go. And we know it wasn't a shotgun wedding because Murphy didn't have any kids. So, you know, it was just like, I get it. But I'm like, yeah, my parents' generation, I could almost say, okay, sure. But for me, I'm like, I don't know, Murph. This is like kind of straddling both sides of the really conservative Catholic family and the, okay, yes, just go get married and have babies Catholic family, you know? I'm just like, I'm not quite sure which side y'all fall on, but it just doesn't seem quite right either way. Like, I, so. Oh, those crazy Catholics. Oh, those crazy (laughs) Catholics. Oh, those Russians. Right. So there's this part where where Dresden tries to tell her that he knows how she she feels. Oh, do you? Oh, do you really? Did you lose your first love? (laughs) Which, in one way, I really appreciate how this develops the backstory for both characters mm-hmm. at this point in time. Like, I, it's a really great way to get those details mm-hmm. out there. However, <laughs> it, it also strikes me that Dresden really doesn't know how to support his friends very well. Because, like, I kind of feel like as a general rule, telling somebody yeah. you know how they feel and bringing yourself into their, like, yeah. instead I, of I, listening. I love and like, hate this let, scene. Let me, let me tell you about my experiences because I don't actually want to listen to your problems is what that or, tells or me. Or you think that's bad? Well, he just had cancer and died. I killed mine. So right, yeah. like, my pain's a little it, harsher it, than your pain. Not only do I know, I actually It's a little bit of the conundrum between, like, trying to connect with someone versus one-upping them. Yeah. This, this, and there's a lot and sometimes it can be hard to navigate, but sometimes it's like, just shut up. Like, the the, the, uh, the uh, Buffy and Willow, and she's like, oh, way to, like, support me or whatever. And she's like, oh, is this a, a commiserating speech? And she's like, I thought this was a feel my pain to me or whatever. I forget exactly how she puts it. I'm going to have to check. But yeah, it was like her and Willow. And it was like, I'm looking for, like, sympathy and support, not like, oh, you know what happened to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, wait, we're having that conversation. My bad. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was a really great way to get the details out. Because, like, say, you don't know that much about Elaine at this point. Yeah, it's a good way, good, you know, transition into Harry's stuff. But actually, we're not supposed to be on Harry's stuff right now. Yeah. Be a good friend to Murphy. Right. Yeah. Just listen to your friend, man. Yeah. Well, so. and that's why I love and hate. Because like you say, I do enjoy getting the backstory on Murphy. I do enjoy like one more thing for them to <laughs> bond over, connect over, you know, have in common. But at the same time, I'm like, it does feel slightly forced to me. Because, you know, it's like, well, we've had this mention before, but now all the, like, again, right, she's, so I was like, I I get, you had to get this in here, butcher, but, you know, to me, I can't help but looking at it a little bit like, so, okay, he had back in book one or whatever, as she mentions that she's got, you know, my first ex-husband, if not, you know, that she's got more than one or whatever. Um, So we know that there's that, right? But I was like, did you always sort of plan that this was Murphy's route of being, you know, or did you somehow, you know, is this a little bit of a plot device to get to Dresden's like, okay, well, how can we make it kind of heart wrenching? And well, let's see if she got married at 17. That's going to be like, a you know, and now he's dead. Well, they were a couple at 16 and now she's dead. You know, it was like, is this sort of the natural progression where you always saw young love? They both had young love with ending in death or, you know, whatever and stuff like that. Right. And it's the same thing, especially knowing like you say that at the end of the chapter oh lo and behold this woman we've been told that's been dead for the last four books and the last decade in in real life is all of a sudden you know what I mean I'm like it just almost feels slightly too contrived to me and I'm like it's cool that Elaine is back and it's cool but I was like there's always been something that just bugged me slightly I'm like it's not as bad as some like that's what I hate sometimes about like when you get into oh like um um 
Once Upon a Time? No, I was going to say bad example, and I haven't watched the show, but the first thing that comes to mind is, like, Young Sheldon. Okay, I like The Big Bang Theory. I watched a bunch of that. I have not seen every episode from season one to the end or whatever. I'm missing a bunch of the last one. But basically, it's one of those things that, you know, they met in college or this or that. Now, I know that there's the Young Sheldon show, and I know there's been, you know, like, I know I read something or something somewhere where, like, I don't know if they actually know each other. There's, like, a passing moment where, like, Leonard and Penny have seen each other or Sheldon and Penny, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to assume I have a feeling that, like, Howard and them have made, right? I'm like, so it's funny. You can go back and do that with the kids' show, but it's like, really, in the show, none of them map. There, There is no young Sheldon with Howard and Raj and Leonard because none of them actually met until they were college yeah uh grown up in it right so i'm like it's cutesy and i get you want to include all of the characters but i'm like really that's totally retconning the whole thing because it never Mm -hmm. happened and you know it's a force because like well we know they all know each other so haha i'm just gonna put them in the background oh look that's gonna be howard and you're like well really that never would have happened and you know so i'm like i just don't know if it's kind of one of those sometimes like it's early enough in the books that it could have sort of been some of the natural but it's also like planned and what came up what plan and what came up and how much is and yeah i was like Mm -hmm. that's kind of why it's just like uh oh that's what i was saying about once upon a time Convenient. Like, they had so many ideas. It's like they kind of gave up on like continuity or actually like just letting a story play out. They're just like, we have forty five episode ideas. Every single person is related to one another. Well, yeah, like they like Too we much. have forty five episode ideas, but we've only been renewed for twenty episodes. We're fitting all forty five into twenty, and it's like just like let someone just have a minute. Like not yeah. every character has to be related to every other character. Like just right. let this character have a thing for a second. It was you know? fun for the first season, but it didn't need to keep going. Exactly. Like, that. like the first season or two were really good. Like the ties that everyone had to each other seemed like a genuinely good. Like I said, like the Justin Files like threshold. Like some people having multiple thresholds seem like a really like yeah, they does make sense. They're the same person or whatever, blah blah blah, right? Mantles, you mean not thresholds? Well, yes, okay. yeah, mantles. But it got to a point where it's just like it seems really cheap that this person is just also that person now. Like, can you just like just get a new person or yeah. stop bringing in people and use it? Like, I don't know. It's just yeah, we've spoken about it in our Discord how much we hate how Once Upon a Time developed. But yeah, it's just yeah, turning exactly. bullshit. It's yeah, it starts with something so great and then you're just like but yes. This scene, as much as I do, I I don't really love Elaine. I would have been happy if she never came back to the books, but I'm sure one day she'll be important. It makes sense for why she came back. But anyways, <laughs> she's not important enough for me in this book. <laughs> Any old chick could have done it. Well. <laughs> Yes um, and no. I mean, in some ways, I like Elaine's role in this, and there is some sort of interesting bits and pieces, but at the same time... But his time, whole chivalry, I'll save any woman for any reason, would have worked fine with any old girl. It didn't need to be Elaine. It almost, But anyways, yeah. my point is, is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could have been nice to just not have... I mean, it's funny to say, but it's like almost if like the plot hadn't developed here, and it was just a nice thing between Harry and Murphy, you know? Yeah. Without it needing to be anything more. Without it, Could yeah. have been nice, you know? Needing mm-hmm. to come back to Harry and move his plot along just the a same nice minute. Even if just... you only have so many words, you could have just ended out the night with, like, I stayed was... the night and talked with Murph about her husband. Done. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, even with the rest of it, like, with the, the drugs and the alcohol and the... I'm like, that still all plays back to, like, the whole mm-hmm. Kravos thing. So I was like, you could have had just this moment of this being just kind of like an extra gut mm-hmm. punch. And like you say, not only would it... Because, you know, she's like, he never even told me he was sick, you know? And I'm like, I get that stinging if you had you know cause she's like we tried to talk and we'd end up fight, right so again Murphy was like would have liked to have salvaged something would have at least mm-hmm. liked to have sort of been on Say some kind of a friendly basis with him didn't work out she was too young whatever the case right but exactly the fact that like even later in life he couldn't have you know, out. or somebody like, yeah, send her a Facebook or something. I don't know, right? But, right. So I'm well, like, I get that she's feeling, and it's just going to be, like you say, doubled with this other trauma that she's going through and stuff like that. Like, it might have hurt her anyways, but it would have been maybe a different pain or, or at a different level or whatever, yeah. right? But it's all of these combined that I was like, you can have this really emotional moment and it, it takes really away from Murphy's moment. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Like, yes, the information is important, but. Just yeah, let her have this I, I, moment. Exactly, and he again, takes this moment away from her a couple of times. It's not, mm-hmm. and and like and when it continues, she apologizes for being emotional. Like you're going through grief. Like let the woman have a fucking moment of grief. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, and yes, that's just Murphy. But again, whether it's you know Butcher or Dresden or whatever, you know, there's not that moment of hey Murph, it's okay, like it's fine. I, you know, he just kind of yeah. lets her brush it off too. And it's like exactly, it's like she doesn't need to apologize for that. Like, but it's like it's oh, in like, the privacy of her own home. It's something that's you know directly related to Harry. Her. 
Harry pretending to study the sword so she can have a moment to cry, that's a nice way to support your grieving friend. Harry, like, instantly letting it brush off and be like, yeah, you shouldn't be crying. That's weird for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know? exactly. He's like, I know that will make her uncomfortable. Yeah. And we've seen a couple of those small moments with her already. He's yeah. got, yeah I, I don't think it's in this book, but he's got a quote where he says it's like, he's like, sometimes it can be shrivelous to go and put an arm around someone while they're crying. But he's like, and sometimes it can be just as shrivelous to pretend you don't notice. Right? Like, that's, yeah. I think, comes up later in the books. But yeah, like, yeah, there are times. Which is for her particularly. Oh, yeah. She doesn't. I think it's like about her. Yeah, I was gonna say there are times when Murphy does appreciate mm-hmm. that. She's like, I really don't want you. To, I know you know, yeah. but I really yeah. like that you are not acknowledging it. I prefer that more. So I know for like this one, like I have a grandpa who I never met. And when he died, the only way we found out was, like, me and my sister and my dad Googling our own names and realizing that we'd been mentioned in his obituary, but, like, my dad hadn't seen him since he was, like, 16 or something like that, right? Me and Mackenzie had never met him, like, at all. But then here we are, like, he survived by us, and we're like, the fuck he is? Like, who the fuck is this, right? So we're in his obituary, but it's like, oh, okay. why? Like, it's just weird, but it's like, yeah, like, one of the things, like, there was zero relationship at all, and then it's yeah, just like, was... anyway, his point is, that's just weird stuff like that. Like, if you don't even have a relationship with someone, right? But then, but Murphy's is like, you were married to him. Like, it is, yes. like, you know, like, it's not like it just came out of nowhere, like, like, I don't know. I don't know how she would have found out he was dead. If someone just sent an email to her and was like, oh, by the way, he's dead now, like. People still read, read the newspapers back then. Oh, right, well, yeah, yeah, maybe. She's, she's, news, she's yeah. looking at the obituaries yeah, is where right. she specifically came across Like, and that's this, kind of shock. If you're not expecting that, you're just looking through the paper and it's like, oh, oh. Oh, I know that. Yeah, that's well, because again, husband. yeah, because yeah. again, like, excuse me, Dresden says, you know, he looks 40-ish, 50-ish yeah. or whatever, which makes sense if Murphy is late 20s. Not because I think she's not quite 30 yet. So if he was, you know, a decade ahead of her, then yeah, he would only be around 40-ish, right? So it is young to have. By the way, I did find the quote I meant, the Buffy one. She's like, oh, this is an encouragement talk. I thought it was a share my pain. So I was like, yeah, I I get that sometimes. You you go off on the wrong tangent. You're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be sharing mine with you. But yeah, he just kind of fouls it up there. Back to that, like, where she apologizes for for being a flake and being, like, emotional. Yeah. I, I, I... I kind of also wonder if it was to like set set up that whole like like she's in an apologetic drunk mode because she's basically high and drunk at that moment. Maybe like, we've all met that person. That's like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so it's sorry. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm drunk and I'm yeah. sorry. I'm such a drunk. I've seen Jessica be that person. No, <laughs> no, not I me. I have stories. Not me. Uh, it's okay. Cool. I remember you laying on the floor and your sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so drunk you couldn't get <laughs> off the floor. Well, I don't remember that at all. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's called blacking out. No, it never happened. <laughs> um, yes, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe some of it can just be chalked up to that or whatever, that maybe Dresden was just passing it off as that. He's like, I'm just not going to acknowledge it. She's just kind of... Whatever. This bitch crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, ignoring how he's a bad friend, we do get his backstory. (laughs) Well, yeah, so she's like, did you lose your first love? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, what was her name? And he's like, oh, Lane. He's like, we were adopted by the same guy. She was your sister? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We were adopted by the same guy. We were not. I have no relative. She was not my sister. (laughs) But Murphy's like, wow, I really did just Uh, learn a lot about you, Justin. (laughs) And then I killed her. And we're comparing? (laughs) Where were you adopted again? Creepy old guy taking advantage of a young girl. Guy sleeping with his adopted sister. I don't know. It's like, I'll just, yeah, no. But yeah, just like, Murphy just kind of blinked and looked at me. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, my adopted father adopted her as well. We're not related. And then he tried to get us into black magic with a little bit of human sacrifice. As you do. As you do when you adopt a couple of orphans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, the system's fucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't come up on any I of the background been... checks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's got all this weird ritualistic torture device in the basement. Mega but that's got... warlock. <laughs> do not let have puppies, kittens, or small children. So then we get the that yeah, we didn't try to get her too. He did get her. He just succinctly leaves it with burned. She's dead. <laughs> okay, thanks, Justin. That's doesn't really tell me what, but okay, thanks. <laughs> so Murphy does eventually reveal that she's been having night terrors, and that's why she's resorting to this mix of alcohol and pills. 
Yeah, she just, she, she almost seems to be exhibiting uh, like a PTSD from the from Kravis's attack. Yeah, and for sure. Really, like, I think not that I can speak you know clinically or knowledgeably about that in any particular way, but yes, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say. And outside of Kravos, it's just a scary life dealing with the supernatural. We know that she has supernatural cases that she doesn't need Harry for because she's just she knows how, to, how deal to deal with trolls. With it, yeah. Now that was our first one. Trolls yeah. are old news right. or old hat. And, and I think this was a really really important moment. What what he, what he says because um, she's she's able to rationalize that there's nothing that she could do and then that's what really scared her about the whole thing but but dresden um re- relates her experience to being raped yes like that's very very yeah loss of power like a, you know used for somebody else's pleasure and amusement and yeah like and i and i think this is like the really like the holy shit like murphy is that'll definitely really? put it in, into perspective for a lot of people because yeah. yeah you'd be like oh she's having bad dreams what and when yeah you suddenly think about like you know exactly like that how violated yeah. that way you know what i mean there is i think a good sort of uh allegory or whatever where you know literally he's like hey, i went and, like sank his fingers into like her right so it's like there was that whole thing of Krabbo's like going into Irving, going into charity and doing the whole right mm-hmm. it was like yeah you can feel like this whole very you know like she says right she's like i i couldn't do you know even if i'd known i couldn't have done anything about it really to protect myself from that type of a, a supernatural attack or whatever you know like i don't know you could have tried to chop his head off immediately or something right. but this shot him a, full of enough bullets that his body disintegrated but this is a giant giant drop in power for for somebody who's so strong and, and to, to, to have that kind of like real, that again, experience would just be murphy being murphy that she has worked her whole life she's been in aikido since she was 11 so obviously that was something she enjoyed discovered she was good at was something worth training to be good at right i mean she may or may not wanted to have been a cop at 11 years old but you know and again when she never grew past that five foot mark again right i may be little but i can defend myself i can look after myself i'm not you know gonna be taken by surprise i'm not gonna have some guy just randomly pick on me or you know and then like you say her whole well, professional career of fighting to be in a tough career and be taken se- and be able to do the job like, to that's be fair the though thing. about the cop thing like we know that her father was a cop and that he killed himself yeah. while she was quite young too so yeah. That's probably been like, yeah, it's she just probably also been a part of it for the majority of the time, anyways, as well. I was gonna say it could have been because we know a lot of her family, like she's mm-hmm. got brothers and uncles, everyone and in the family's and a stuff cop, like yeah. that, just about. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, like, yes, I was gonna say it's very possible. You know, she did want to be a cop since she was eleven or whatever, but it's not necessarily yes. how or why she got started in the. But you know, but exactly, she has always done these things to be you know, yeah, self-sufficient stronger. and stronger mm-hmm. and, you know, more than what she looks, right? She's not just the stupid blonde cheerleader, you know? She's right. like, go ahead, say that to my face. I will literally kick your ass, you know? And we've seen her or will see her and other things where she does take on bigger and not just the supernatural baddies, but, you know, like we see her training with her guys one day and there's like, you know, just this young He's not quite a rookie. I think he's still whatever. But, you know, he's obviously, you know, six foot and built and whatever. And she can just manhandle him on the mats because she's got the know-how of how Mm -hmm. to do that, right? So, yeah, she's made it very much that she is not as um, vulnerable as she would otherwise be given... You know, all the things that, you know... Well, she's very vulnerable in this moment. Yeah. What I think it does is, like, it it shows just just how courageous she is to, to be to be able to move forward from it. Like she already takes the initiative by trying to get back on the case and yeah. move forward. I was going to say what she says here, you know, yeah. she's like, I know I'm not going to get past this unless I keep moving forward through it. So I can't just back out and stay away from all this scary nice to stuff. That I've she got is to. struggling through things. Yeah. It's not just, again, the automatic, you know, fictional character of it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I mean, like cause she says, cause she goes off here to, cause she has been like in her matching bathroom. Um, right, so she goes, which I kind of, I'm like, I guess it's better than a bathrobe, and like, who knows, maybe she had just some little lighty or nothing on under, but it's just kind of funny that I'm like, all she comes back in is like a t-shirt and baggy, baggy shorts. I was like, it's not really, I don't know, <laughs> much more than the robe, but okay, whatever. Um, but he's, right, like, he's looking at the, the pills and the booze and stuff like that, right? And she comes back in, she's like, I'm not suicidal, and he's like, really? Because, uh, mixing drugs and alcohol is a really good way to get it done, 
one. And, you know, and then, yeah, this is where she's explaining just how bad it's all been that it's like one doesn't work anymore and then the other doesn't work anymore. And now if I don't do both and, you know, and like, but yeah, she can recognize that it's not ideal and that it's not great. And, but again, like, you know, that, that Dresden is at least kind of looking out for her there and trying to offer some sympathy and support and her, like you say, recognizing and being like, you know, and, and he acknowledges that on her afterwards too. He's like, she's right. Like she's scared shitless, but she knows she needs to, you know, get back on the horse or she'll never get over it. And he's like, I admire that. Like, I don't want to take that away. You know, he's like, I don't really want to get involved in this situation because this is, you know, but he's like, again, I understand where she's coming from. He's like, that's real courage. Like that really is the fact that she does know how bad it, you know, because like he says, he's like, I always do that. But he's like, at least I know I can hit the monsters back. You know, he's like, Murphy has no such reassurance, mm-hmm. you know. So he's like, yeah, it's real. And that's, that's the thing. It really is, you know, I mean, again, that emotional strength as well as like her physical strength and stuff like that, you know. So it's like, <sighs> you you pretty badass, Murphy. You, you put the boots on. I mean, it's yeah. very necessary character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like you say, I think it was all really, but just felt almost a little shoehorn like you see a little contrived to have to throw the elaine stuff in there as well and then oh look hello elaine mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like gee a little bit of an afterthought weird. maybe is what it is like oh yeah i need to talk about elaine a people bit have to I care about to, elaine yeah. so i, I have to elaine rem- yeah I, well, it's too late to add her many more in the first few books yeah. other than to mention this dead love of his but yeah, yeah unfortunately but yeah. though i just don't care about elaine ever <laughs> not well. now and not in any future book well, there you go. You You're a useless a, character, and we could have done without you. You were alive. You were good for the backstory. You didn't need to be alive. <laughs> you didn't need to be here in these books. Although, there could be a book one day. She does something. Maybe. Hasn't yet, but maybe. Maybe. I, the only thing that I really like about Elaine is that that Harry never bothered to tell them that she existed. He basically went... Well, well this is a bit of... like Harry never up. told Elaine she existed? Harry never told the council when he went to oh, go do his trial. yes. And they were like, you fucking killed Justin. He never bothered to even say anything about Elaine. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to tell you any more shit. Like, he kept as many secrets as he possibly could, right? Like, we know, yes. like... He well, didn't yeah. tell anybody and that I he mean, got Bob. He didn't tell anyone there was Elaine. At the time, he thought she was dead. So I was like, going to say, yeah, he probably right. just figured what is the point of trying to bring her... But, but yeah, you think there could have been like, something I do about like well, it was me and her, and they ganged up on me. Yeah. And but I do like that, like, throughout all that, it shows Harry is a loyal motherfucker. Harry, yes. It Good does. Point, yeah. Yep. It so, does. yeah. There so, you go. Well, I'm glad you have one thing you can commend Elaine for existing for. <laughs> existing only to better a man. <laughs> to, to Woo! <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Jessica. That's your life, Thanks Elaine. That. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine does not pass the vegetal test. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so they find so they do finally move on beyond that. Yes, Murphy decides, like, okay, you're here for a reason. You obviously didn't show up to mourn my ex my dead ex-husband you didn't know existed. Um, so yeah, so he's like, all right, I want some input on this. And again, I'm sure it's just for the sake of expediency in the book, but she's like, oh, this is the rumor. <laughs> like, you automatically know about this accidental death that would have nothing to do with SI because there's, again, you it just wasn't think it's called a, suspicious. It's, yeah, it's not even suspicious, let alone like a supernaturally suspicious. It's just an accident. It's I, just I, I, like, sad. An old man got pushed down the stairs, yeah, okay? Murphy just knows about every homicide ongoing case on the books. She's... She's a little I, bit anal about her job. She is. Um, like I say, I'm sure it's just for the expediency of not having to explain everything else, but I just thought that was kind of funny that she was like, oh, why are you looking into this? Isn't it an accidental death? I hear it's not. Oh, who told you that? Magical fairy. Mm. Oh, like you're being serious. Oh, well, shit. damn it. <laughs> and this is, again, another growth point where Murphy doesn't give him any more shit on it. She doesn't push for more detail. Like, in the other she's one, like, she would have oh, been okay. like, well, she's just yeah. like, okay, you know what? She's like, tell you what. If it is, bring me, and, you know, and he obviously does the whole, like, why the fuck I'm not going to get you involved? And, again, the pros and cons, like, I get Murphy, but I was like, really? Like, you are asking for, you know, he talks about going out to world trouble. I'm like, really, Murphy's like, with this, like, you know, power imbalance in the fairy realms I didn't really know about? Bring me in! You know, it's like, I get, but if it's a fairy murder, it really doesn't fall under your jurisdiction, Murphy. You can't, you know, what are you going to do? Put him in jail like the loop guru? Like, Murphy's a loyal motherfucker, too. She's loyal, but it's just kind of not my like, town. Okay, if it turns out that a mortal, regular Joe Blow killed this guy, I will bring you it. But you know what? If it's fairy shit, I'm not. Right. <laughs> I can tell you it's fairy shit, but I'm not, you know, it's just again when she's like... But yeah, it turns out she does have some... She pulls up some, some crime scene photos. Right. And luckily... You know, maybe there was something CPD missed. Oh, look, there's something CPD missed. <laughs> this sticky goo. The goo. The Slippery goo. goo. Yeah. yeah. She's like, And then she has her whole... So apparently he didn't tell her everything about 
all the shit of how they carried out and, and, and when the day in grave peril. Because she's like, I thought Never Never was like monsters only. Like, people can go there. Did I not tell you about me, Michael, and Thomas taking <laughs> yeah. a jump through there a few months back ago? <laughs> yeah. But she was like, all three of them are magical. So that maybe that's why she thought. Maybe. But I mean, I guess then she would, that still would constitute somebody going through. I don't know. Anyways, regardless. So, and I love this again. I'm like, for good or bad, whether it's just normal Morphe or again, we can say this is him being horrible. But she notices his his hand and immediately starts like, you know, the mothering and right. She's like, oh, you need. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time to get it checked. And she immediately is like, oh, my God, you idiot. Goes and gets her first aid kit, <laughs> sits down, redresses it, sterilizes it. Is that too tight? Does that feel, you know, <laughs> it's like. I'm sorry, you're worried about me being suicidal. Here, let me pack you up. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe that could be a good thing. Sometimes we need that for ourselves. Let me take care of you and forget about my own shit for a moment because I know how to do that. But yeah, it was still kind of funny. This is Harry's world and they're all just living in it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah. So now they're like, well, maybe there is something to it. Maybe it isn't just a completely accidental. Maybe an old guy didn't just fall down the stairs. Right, because his sleeves are all wet. And... Yeah. No, we just thought the rookie just, you know, wanted to, it's homicide, it's homicide. I'm like, that poor rookie. I hope somebody goes and apologizes to him and be like, hey, you know what? Look, his sleeves are wet. There was goo. <laughs> right. It's not your fault it evaporated by the time the rest of us got there. Right. So they do do eventually conclude that the, that the ectoplasm could have been from something from the Never Never or a portal into the apartment. Yeah. So one of the two. So yeah, because they're like, nobody thought, you know, it was a big, fancy, expensive apartment. There's no security, like fuzzing out of the cameras to indicate magical use and nobody saw anything on the security cameras so nobody could have just accessed the building and he's like unless they just popped into the middle of it from nowhere and bypassed all the security cameras that way so yes there's all kinds of things oh and she does ask a bit about susan yeah and we figure susan is still alive because her articles are still coming Uh in but other than that, no, he hasn't talked to her. And and again, Murphy, you know, stands, gives him some kudos, you know. And she's like, if anybody can figure anything out, you can. Because you're, you're a stubborn asshole. And, you know, he's like, it's like banging my head against a wall. And she's like, well, knowing you, the wall would break first. But <laughs> at the same time, it's her own kind of compliment to Dustin that, you know, she has faith that if anything can save Susan, if there's some way out there, Dresden will find it or whatever. Yeah. So... Murphy just ends up passing out while she's in middle conversation with him. Yeah, she finally, yeah. Which she does warn him, because he's like, this can wait till later. And she's like, yeah, no, I've already taken everything. I'm going to be done soon. (laughs) So he's probably lucky she's, you know, went as far as she could between, Mm -hmm. because especially when she was already kind of in the maudlin grieving stage. And like, actually, that's pretty impressive after grief, drugs, and booze to pull yourself back into cop mode and have some like actual like, um, critical problem solving thinking going and then you're just like okay I'm done (laughs) (laughs) so yeah he tucks her up in her blanket locks up what he can I'm like aw I'm like I couldn't do all 57 locks but I was able to flip the doorknob one that chain lock is a bitch from (laughs) yeah he can't do although although you know what he can do his his Ventus Ruby Test Little Windy. I'm sure he's got a little magnetic one. I was like, dude, you probably totally could have popped that little chain lock back in there. <laughs> you just weren't trying hard enough. Nope. Yeah, so he heads yeah. back to his apartment and he disarms his own words. He answers his home uh, and realizes that he is not alone. There's somebody there. And he's greeted by a woman who tells him he needs to change his words more often. Which makes me think, do they go stale? <laughs> you know what? I think they do. I think there is other... Well, the sunlight comes and degrades it every day. Well, sunlight oh, yeah, degrades it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he does talk about some other places where they've been. Because, like, way spoiler advance, but where he gets to where, like, the lighthouse tower. Yeah, he talks about the fact that those things are still standing. So how powerful they must have been to still have any juice and, and refreshing. And also, I think I always took it a little bit more as, like, you need to change them once in a while. As It's like your password. Yeah. Harry, oh, okay. you're still using the one that was taught to us by Justin. Mr. Like, you've had a yeah, decade to learn a different you're, you're way to You're still using words. Mr. Muggle 77. Like, yeah. you need to update that, Harry. Exactly. <laughs> this is essentially like... Now everybody knows Maggie's password. <laughs> I've never we, had a pet named Mr. Muggles. <laughs> as we learned, yeah, this is, woman is Elaine, and yeah, she's basically yeah. like, um, bitch, I was able to dismantle this in a second, because it's the same password I used 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. First one I tried. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so, yes, while 
there is definitely the actual. I always took it as a bit more than that of like her saying you need to update. It's meaning like, like for me yeah. when I change your password, it's like anyone could learn it eventually. <laughs> when I change a password, I just add a digit to it. <laughs> That's the most I change it to. It goes from seven digits to eight digits to nine digits. It's right, so I can still remember what it is, and I'm like, oh, until she gets past that ten digit mark, then she's fucked. Because yeah, Aspen don't remember be anything more than like a birth date or a phone number. Ain't gonna happen. I'm just adding like an exclamation mark, exclamation mark on every time. It's fine. She's like, gonna like, one, two or three at this okay, time. Okay, but see, you're not gonna, you only get three chances, so you'll have to do like exclamation mark, enter, nope, another exclamation mark, nope, no, oh crap. Yeah, it's it's rough, okay? <laughs> it's really rough. That's why I wish when like a website was like, password is wrong. I'm like, can you tell me what the parameters were to create a password <laughs> on your we, website? Because I don't we, know what password to start with. We'll if just, you only need eight oh, letters for your password, then I'm gonna know which password to start with. But if your site requires 14 passwords, I'm gonna know which password then to start o- with. Then open up a new window and create accounts. I should, but and I'm not gonna do that you. for every time I, I go to a new say, goddamn website. So much as she says I'm useless and she has no use for me and she doesn't need me, I do still occasionally get the mom, what's my password for this? <laughs> did, did you keep my copy of that? I need to know. <laughs> well, because you know what? Tanzan, I'm still relevant. <laughs> Tanzan just recently signed me out of everything, so I'm still, there's still things that I'm just like, I don't know, I don't use this anymore. Yes, I'm just, I don't use email anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I can use email on my phone. My laptop doesn't need email. Who cares? Yeah, that, that, that was IT fuckery that yeah. didn't go well. It's fine. There's just a couple things. I'm just like, fuck it. I don't use this anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Like you say that's like you find a spider in your bedroom once and you're like, I had to move. You know? Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I just, I just don't need that anymore. That's just, yeah. that's gone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he goes home. Elena's there. She let herself in. He's very stunned. Oh, sorry. Then he's like, hello, Elena. Yeah, he's too stunned to speak. Yes, they haven't actually had the discussion no. about the war. She just said, I let myself in. I hope you don't mind. And he's still just standing there kind of gobsmacked. Uh, uh. Yeah. And she comes over and goes up on tiptoe. But she doesn't have to go that far because she's a tallish woman. Kisses his cheek. Hello, Harry. Hello, And of course, you think this is going to be Susan, right? Like a woman is in his first, thing. At first, you're like, especially, blah, blah, blah. right? He's like, like talking there about she Susan. was, a slender woman standing by my cold fireplace, all graceful curves we and poised knew how to let herself in. Knew how to let herself in. Maybe because we were just talking, right? It's like, we talked about Elaine, but then most recently we were just, right? Cause she's like, mm-hmm. how is Susan? We know Susan's still alive. If you can mm-hmm. fix it. And like, oh, did Susan just come back? Because you're like, well, she just disappeared. Obviously, we've got to get some update on Susan. So, yeah, so then the chapter ends with that. And you're like, whoa, I thought you were dead. And of course, the first time you read this, you're like, this is going to be an important lady. Wow. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not that Jessica has any biases or prejudices about. I just uh, maybe it is a discredit to uh, Jim Butcher's writing of this one particular character, or maybe she was never meant to be anything useful. But she's not, and I don't like her. I don't care for her. Yeah, there's always just that. There's always like somebody somewhere sometimes yeah. that I think every you know, every I'm role sure she plays in every book easily like, give it to someone else. Who the fuck cares? Especially because you've got this established. I help every woman just cause. Well, like, yeah. yeah, there is there's a little bit of that. Like I don't. Again, I don't think I have a super fantastic, I'm not like, Elaine is so cool, but I'm like, I don't think I hate her as much as, or dislike her, or find her as useless as. Kind of here nor there. I'm like, again, I'm a little bit, in this book, I was like, I see some of it, there are some pros and cons, and you're right, like, she's not, again, she does pop up another time or two, and I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily Never important, though. Anyone else could have filled her role. Yeah, maybe, but I was going to say, but I was like, I don't necessarily mind that, at least Mm -hmm. what I recall now, maybe when I go back and reread them through another time, I'll be like, wow, (laughs) with a more analytical view, maybe it'll be like, yeah, you're right, but. Did you out there like Elaine? I don't. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because you agree with me. She's completely useless and unnecessary as a character. <laughs> Other than the fact that every time he ever interacts with her, he's going against the council, which I do enjoy. Well, there is some of that as well. Like, they'll eventually talk but about it. But anytime you meet Harry, he's going against the council anyway. So, <laughs> really? <laughs> but, yeah, she's still not as bad as some. She doesn't quite fall into, like, the too stupid to live category. No, but no, she's, but like yeah, she just she's it's, not like a super wow. She's just not. It's, a it's not like the first character. time you meet Thomas and you're like, I really want to see Thomas again. No, it's, even though he was kind of a dick and he did terrible things, but you're like, I really like Thomas. When it's I not see her that, more as like uh, her her functionality is just to, to show how vindictive the the fairy court is by using her. Yeah, there's just nothing about Elaine that couldn't be done by a different character. Yes, is my yeah. only thing about it. You know, only Thomas can be Thomas. All the things that are given to Thomas. 
Thomas, which we don't even know about yet. He yes. has to be, you know, like the, his backstory is what it is. He like he's got to be. I was going to say know? because yes, Murphy, you're right. Not even be. the emotional because, like you say, you know, like, yeah, there's he, just he, there's, his chivalry extends to all. It's not just because this yeah. is his first love, and I thought I killed you. Oh my god, I didn't. I can, you know, it's you're right. There's that does not make it again because you can just have Lydia again like it's just not you know there's just really not anything Elaine does doesn't matter well we will explore this more we have a lot of book to go through (laughs) (laughs) this concludes our episode 9.6 repercussions thank you for listening you can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanalys.ca there we have links to our other podcasts social media and other fun tidbits please subscribe if you like what you're hearing and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content we are free flow rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk.